Hey guys, this is Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle senior political writer, inviting you to listen to my podcast. It's called It's All Political. And we've got some great guests there. We've got some longtime political veterans like Senator Dianne Feinstein to entertainers like Chelsea Handler who are just, you know, getting into politics. And sometimes people even rap on the show. Sometimes Feinstein even raps on the show. Well, maybe that's not true, but you should check it out anyways. Because no matter where you find your podcasts, it's all political. Welcome to On San Francisco, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm columnist Heather Knight, and I'm here with City Hall reporter Trisha Tadani. We talked to one of the city's newest supervisors, Raphael Mandelman, about how he'll tackle the mental illness crisis on our streets, what he thinks of the proposal to ban employee cafeterias, and where he goes for the city's best burrito. Well, thank you so much for having us to your office today. It's good to see you. Good to see you both. Um, Congratulations on your win for a start. What's been the most surprising thing about City Hall so far? I don't think this has been surprising, but everyone has been so kind. Um, you that know, is I, surprising. I had to, I know. Well, maybe. I mean, I had talked about sort of all the dysfunction in City Hall, and I think there is an element of dysfunction here. But really, people have been incredibly gracious to me, and the, the mayor's folks have been uh, have really reached out a lot. And but so has each and every one of my colleagues. So that has been great. It has been maybe not surprising, but some stuff just takes so freaking long to get going like why did my email take a week and a half to set up there's also the sort of little annoying things about public service but I know about that from you know having been a deputy city attorney in Oakland so and and the other day when I was in here you were figuring out how to unlock the door you'd ask yes I know well it was locking the, I, I know how to un, I know door. how to unlock my door in the morning it's <laughs> Sorry, the, it's the locking behind to uh to lock your doors you're leaving in the <laughs> evening that I don't know how to do. So, but now I do. Now you I do. figured it it's out. It's all been clarified. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. gradually learning those kinds of important things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so during the campaign, um, you know, and when you came onto the board, you were painted as this progressive firebrand who was going to, you know, tip the scales away from the moderate policies on the board of supervisors. But you're sort of, you view yourself differently. Do you want to talk about how? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, yeah, I, I think each one, most of us, um, and I think most of my constituents, most people in San Francisco, it's Walt Whitman asked, we contain multitudes, right? So um, we are progressive in a lot of ways. I think I have very progressive values. My motivations for being in, in government in the first place are, as we talked about, very much rooted in my sense that there's a lot of unfairness and injustice in the world that I'd really like to work on trying to um, root out. Um, but there's also like the real world and, and, uh, and we want real solutions. And I think people sense that city government gets very ideological and that the actors who affect government decisions are, um, very ideological. Um, and I don't think people are interested in that. And frankly, I'm not too interested in being, you know, the, the firebrand on the board. I am interested in trying to bring people together and get things done. Um, as long as we're moving in a, in a generally progressive direction. Untreated mental illness on our streets has become a huge problem in San Francisco and the Bay Area. What do you think needs to happen? I think it's important to acknowledge the incredible stigma around mental illness and 
lots of people struggle with mental illness. At the same time, there are people who are using drugs that are making them um, dangerous and violent. And even people in my district walking through the Castro, I've heard so many stories of people getting punched out of the blue by some, you know, just they're walking down the sidewalk, they get hit in the face. And this isn't one story. This is like a number of stories. There are too many people in our midst um, who either have an untreated mental illness or they are using drugs that are making them functionally mentally ill, or both. Politicians should never say it's complicated. It is complicated, but I think that over the last 40 years, um, we have generally done a poor job of managing this problem, and we made a decision decades ago to deinstitutionalize and um, not lock everybody up, and that was the right decision to make. But we were promised and we were supposed to then create a network of community care that would care for, for people in, um, in better situations. And there were some moves in that direction. I think if you looked at San Francisco 25 years ago, 30 years ago, you would find a lot more residential care facilities, board and cares, places for people with who might have previously been in the mental hospitals to, to be and receive care and have stability. Um, I think one aspect of the problem. It's only one aspect, but is the loss of those kinds of facilities. So, you know, that was one reason why I showed up for the mayor's uh, press conference. Um, I do think it's important, you know, the additional $500,000 a year, like that is not going to solve this problem by a long shot, but it shows, I think, an, uh, an intention on city government's part to begin to get a handle on the fact that we don't have places for people who are struggling with mental illness. Then I think there's the whole question about things like conservatorship and involuntary commitment. Again, 40 years ago, we had seen horrible abuses and, um, and clearly needed to end that era. But today, we have you know the, the opposition to SB 1045, not just in San Francisco, but when Mayor Breed and I went up to Sacramento to testify, the wall of opposition from civil liberties advocates and disability rights advocates from the ACLU, um, any effort at all that might limit people's liberties until you have solved every other aspect of the problem is resisted. And I understand that's their job, and I don't fault them for it, but we can't. Um, we can't let that be. There's too many people. I really think if you are on the streets right now and you are incapacitated by your by your addiction, like we shouldn't leave you there. We should take you to a sobering center. Um, and I think there are many more people who should be taken to sobering centers. That's not a conservatorship issue. That's an immediate involuntary commitment issue. And they're but they're related, but they're different issues. There's just too many people who are being left out there. Of course, that begs the question: Do you actually have you invested in the facilities to take those people to? Um, are you so you can talk a good game about how yeah we're going to crack down on involve you know it's we're leaving too many people out there and we need to change the law and take away people's liberties okay but then I go back to you know Jenny Friedenbach and the ACLU are kind of right in that well we don't have the sobering centers we have lost board and care facilities we aren't pursuing conservatorships right now for all the people who um, who could qualify for them under the current law so one of the things we're going to be doing in August is sort of a I'm going to be trying to go out and see the sobering centers, the hummingbird facility, some of the psychiatric services and get a handle on, you know, what are we, you know, how much of the problem are we dealing with and what are the needs? 
one of the problems around homelessness in the city is that each new politician has to come up with their own new amazing solution, right? And sometimes they veer wildly in different directions. So Newsom's going this way, Ed Lee goes an entirely different direction with the navigation centers. Um, and, you know, I don't want to be that kind of politician that's just like, got to put my name on it and make us go in a new direction. But as you say, there's a huge obvious problem. The other thing, I guess, last point, then I'll stop. But this is clearly not just a San Francisco problem. I mean, this this BART is a regional system. People throughout the region are struggling with mental health and drug addiction. Throughout the state, you know, this is a California problem. So um, we have resources in this city. We should be able to do better than other places. But um, but it's a it's a state and, and a regional problem. So the Castro in your district has seen a real decline in quality of life issues. Unquestionably. Um, you know, which, and those used to be more contained downtown, and now they're sort of spilling over. So what specific changes do you want to make in your district? Do you have a new amazing solution for that? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a few things going on in the Castro. So, um, you know, one is it seems like the work that is being done to uh, reduce homelessness in other parts of the city in a kind of whack-a-mole way is pushing more people into the Castro. So this office, I mean, since we've been here, it's been like a week and a half. I think we've gotten upwards of 50 complaints about various homeless issues, whether it's... Um, what are an, some of those complaints? In camp, you know, someone has set up an encampment outside my house. Um, it's been here for three days. Um uh, there is, uh, you know, there is a, essentially it wasn't a chop shop, but it was like, I don't know, six or seven bikes and tons of bedding and just a ton of stuff, uh, right next door to the Castro theater. Um, the head of the CBD was walking through the Castro on a, on a Sunday night and just sees this entire camp mess in Jane Warner Plaza. Um, and the city response. So what we do in that is like we, we respond or the city respond, DPW or the police, we're all, um, everybody's trying to be responsive to the particular problems. And so that encampment does get resolved or that, uh, person, if they're you know, acting out gets somehow addressed. Um, but the next day there will be a different problem. And so, I'm starting with meetings. Meetings are not solutions, but uh, you know, you do try to get again, try to understand what is the existing environment. And so I'm meeting uh, this month with um, the leaders of the neighborhood organizations to talk about what has been tried. And then, you know, shortly thereafter, we'll be getting together with the police, DPW, DPH, and figure out is there some kind of strategy that we can pursue that'll, that will push back essentially like clearly a lot of people have been pushed into the Castro and it's unsustainable and the other piece of it is it is um, because of the huge number of retail vacancies now in the Castro um, it the two problems feed on each other so if the street is uncomfortable um, you know it's hard for, for an entrepreneur to think well this is where I'm going to mm-hmm. try my new idea and come into this into this store and if there's vacant stores um and vacant storefronts those are places for people to hang out um so i want to hear from you know these neighborhood leaders about things that they would like to see tried Mm -hmm. um and then i want to get some set of commitments from the city departments around consistency um in terms of you know not having a pure such a reactive there's an encampment we send someone out but can we have more in the way of foot patrols? Can we, you know, or other kinds of, you know, activation of public spaces that discourages 
loitering, um, you know. Right. Obviously, this is a problem that will take a while to solve. But yeah. do you do you have sort of a timeline for when you want to have at least a proposal for what you can do? I mean, what? oh, I think we're gonna, in the next couple of months. We're okay. going to be coming forward with proposals and, and things that we want to see done, both for the individual neighborhoods and citywide. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to give. I don't want to take more than a couple few months on this sort of exploratory adventure. Um, <laughs> But I think in terms of actually getting to real solutions, it is going to be the work of the Breed administration, assuming she has 10 years. And, you know, it will be it'll take as long as I'm, you know, I I think we're going to be struggling with this the whole time. But ideally, you get to the end and you look back and you're like, things are better now than they were. (laughs) We have made progress. Um, This is better than it would have been if I hadn't been here. Speaking of Mayor Breed, what would you describe your relationship with her like? Um, do you envision pairing up on any issues, and have you built any sort of relationship with her? I think it's developing. I mean, Mayor Breed and I, um, I've known her for probably 10 years, uh, but we hadn't been close, and I had supported her opponents in each of her elections. Oops. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, and she had never, you know, she had supported my opponents in each of my elections. So we, we come to this as people who have not supported each other. But I also think we both um, recognize that the divisions in San Francisco politics are um, far more tribal than they are really deeply ideological, right? So yeah, you fight and you, you may not always support each other, but at the end of the day, we should be able to work together. And I, you know, I think she is a li- so far from what I've seen, she is a likable person. She has an amazing story. I am proud to have her as my mayor. I think in the era of Trump, having an African-American woman who grew up in public housing, like being the face of San Francisco is great. I supported Mark Leno for mayor, but I am, I think that uh, London Breed can be a fantastic mayor. And I think it's kind of my job as a supervisor to try and help make that happen. Um, Cause her success is all of our success. Um, and and we I went think, to Sacramento together. And we went to Sacramento together. I think that, you know, we were both products of challenging upbringings. Um, we both have had immediate experience with people who have struggled with mental health and drug issues and or drug issues. Um, and we both see that, I think, and recognize, because we're hearing it from our, our constituents, that that is the issue of this moment. So I think, she, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between her and me in our desire to see, and frankly, most of the people on this floor, right? I mean, everybody's hearing it from their constituents everybody wants to try to make progress on this and then it's you know a question of how do you how do you actually do it how do you move the giant ship of state in a new direction and get it to think about things a little bit differently Mm -hmm. um so when we spoke the other day you said you will likely find yourself in an uncomfortable position sometimes on the board when it comes to votes um you know, do, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Um, do you think you'll be more of a swing vote than people expect? Probably. I mean, well... Why is that? I mean, some people... Ex- I, I think my, my voters expect me to be a swing vote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the, people in, the people in District 8 uh, who voted for me this time and did not vote for me in 2010 um, are absolutely hoping that I will be a reasonable pragmatist mm-hmm. who evaluates things as they come. And... Uh, yeah, you always want to be collegial to your colleagues and let them know the direction you're heading in. But, you know, you and I talked on Monday and I was sort of weighing the the cannabis issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of a classic, like, there's many ways to look at that, at that issue. Um, but at the end, you know, I 
decided that I'm going to be voting against that ban. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, this is the, the cannabis, chi- ban, the cannabis in ban in Chinatown. Yeah. And, you know, that is going to mean voting against someone I, I like a lot who has been in some ways a mentor to me, Aaron Peskin. But I think it's the right vote. I think it's the right vote for my district. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I were just talking about the new proposal that's come from uh, Supervisor Safai and Peskin around uh, around ca- around cafeterias in office buildings. And honestly, I think I need to listen to my constituents a little bit about that because a lot of them work in work for employers who provide food as a perk. Um, it's something they like. And, um, and it feels a little bit like my sense is it feels like a sort of an attack on a particular industry or kind of way of operating. Tech in industry. Sim- could be. <laughs> and, you know, again, like I just don't think I have the luxury as the supervisor from district eight of being in a war against tech. I think tech needs to help us solve problems, and I think the growth in this city is related to some of the challenges that we have. But I also really believe that the growth of the city, growth in the city, allows us to, you know, kind of try to solve, you know, gives us opportunities to solve problems too. So I'm not eager to be in a jihad against tech, Um, and uh, I think we are going to be asking them for a lot in the coming years, particularly as economic times get harder and we are needing to balance our budgets, and um, so I want to really understand this proposal, but I think, you know, the immediate knee-jerk, maybe progressive position would be, of course, support it, because it's for small business and it's against tech. Well, I have to think about it. So I think on a lot of issues, I'm going to have to think about it. Great. Well, you've survived the serious questions, and now Uh-oh. it's time <laughs> for the lightning round. Oh, that's, see, that seems actually more intimidating. I feel more comfortable with the serious questions than with the light, night, lightning round fun. <laughs> this is a question that has stumped many politicians, oh, even though it's very easy. What is your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito? Well, it was La Taqueria on um, on Mission, <laughs> and I haven't been able to go to it for however long they've been, you know, dealing with this labor issue. Oh. Um, so uh, that's been a real bummer for me, <laughs> <laughs> as it has been a bummer for the workers. But um, uh, you know, so, so I can't say La Taqueria anymore. Um, Papalote is, is is close to my home as well and uh, is a place that I often go to. So this has become my favorite question to ask people in recent days. Um, so what is a, and I'll, I'll explain this after I ask it, but what is a mundane everyday thing that you would say you're like particularly good at? So like mine, for example, I'm very good at falling asleep and I'm really <laughs> good at parallel parking. What would you say yours? You, you can think about this for a second. A mundane, everyday thing that I'm You're really, like particularly, particularly good at. Good at. Uh, God, it's really almost. I'm really pretty much of a failure at life. Actually, <laughs> the plants. I think no, I. I think I. You know, the plants are all dead. Um, <laughs> my my bedroom is a disaster. <laughs> yeah. This question it gets you to focus on like the little victories. You know, the little day. victories. I do think that I am adept. I'm adept at watching um, Stephen Colbert. I'm, <laughs> every I'm, night? I am. I mean, I, I actually, not every night, but I, I find a, a strange amount of time in my busy <laughs> schedule to watch Stephen Colbert or to, um, uh, to you know, t- 
read the New Yorker. I mean, there's some things Did in you my life. The New Yorker. No, I don't. I don't. No. 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 no but I, I. I'm excellent at collecting magazines. Okay. And I am, you know, okay at actually trying. Like, you know, I have this magazine here sitting on my desk that I'm going to try to read sometime this week about. Um, uh, a drug addiction in San Francisco. It is only, you know, at this point, eight or nine months old. <laughs> but I, I do, you know, I do feel good that I that I maintain this access to, you know, magazine journalism, and that I even <laughs> if I don't always like take advantage of it. At least you're a subscriber. I'm a subscriber. Okay. I'm excellent at subscribing at to subscribe. things. I'm also, you know, another thing I'm excellent at is buying books that I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> so they they pile up. <laughs> What's your favorite place to get a stiff drink? Well, we, we, this is the fun lightning round, and, <laughs> and I am the least fun supervisor. I am a, so I'm a type 1 diabetic and never got into the habit because of that of drinking very much. And then related to that, and also because I'm sort of a control freak, I've actually never used any, um, any drugs. And wow. um, yeah, I know. And so the irony, the irony of being the gay District 8 <laughs> supervisor, like um, obligated by history to be fun and to be a champion for the cannabis industry and bars. <laughs> and I am, and I will, but it's, um, it's, uh, Sort of funny. Um, I uh, enjoy grabbing a Diet Coke at High Tops. Um, I am a big fan of some of the Castro bars, uh, Blackbird, um, you know. There's lots of great bars in my district. What is your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Oh, well, I mean, Vertigo is like the classic, right? Um, uh I did just see, um, sorry to bother you, filmed in Oakland, which um, I sort of loved. And it was fun seeing, uh, seeing Oakland in that and sort of all the issues that, uh, that, that, that that movie raises. The schedule of a supervisor can get really hectic. Is there one thing you make sure you always squeeze into your day? It sounds like it might be Stephen Colbert. But. It's, it's, <laughs> I try really hard to watch Stephen Colbert. Um, and I do try to, um, you know, to, to read the papers and, you know, when I first wake up. Um, and the Chronicle? The Chronicle. <laughs> The Chronicle's easy because I'm, I'm a subscriber. So. Ooh, better answer. <laughs> so it's right answer. there on my phone. Um, um, so the supervisor about, supervisors are about to go on a very long break, yeah. well, a month. Um, so aside from meetings, um, yeah. how else are you going to spend your break? Yeah. Well, I am sort of excited when we are trying to do sort of a homeless or psychiatric services related, this is not so fun, but um, related thing each day. So I'm going to each day going to go out and check out this, you know, check out the door alley sobering center, check out um, the behavioral health court, check out, you know, sort of by the end of that, I'm hoping like I will have a much better sense of kind of the, the set of services that we're providing and dealing with that. Okay. And at the end of all that, uh, at the end of August, I'm going to go to Provincetown, which is fun. It's gay Disneyland. <laughs> is there one politician, this could be local or national, who you admire or think that you are most like or kind of want to be? I am not like 
I could not begin to compare myself, but in this era, like I every single day appreciate Barack Obama so much. Um, you know, it's just I uh, I liked Bill Clinton. You know, Bill Clinton, but I but I actually loathed some aspects of Bill Clinton. There was no point in the Obama administration where I really didn't feel really good about who my president was and feel you know like okay that's taken care of <laughs> you know and it's um every, things have changed a little and bit. every day we are remind like it feels like the world is about to fall off a cliff um and it feels like our our president is pushing us closer to this cliff on a daily basis and that you know raises i think for elected officials at every level you know what set of thing challenges are going to confront us over the next two or six years like what horrible things are going to happen that we're going to have to step up to address i don't know but anyway barack obama mm. of course is my speaking hero. of sets of challenges that yeah. face us um you said that you didn't clean your apartment during the <laughs> i'm a hoarder i didn't have you done that yet <laughs> no. like, what's the deal in your apartment now <laughs> This is not very kind. He's giving us um, a very grim look. No, it didn't get as... I mean, I, I, we're not going to have, you know, I'm not going to be conserved. Like, <laughs> it's not um, it's not that bad. But uh, but I do just... There's just stacks of sort of paper and stuff to deal with. Um, and I have, you know, some of it is like I'm bringing books into my office. So mm. from home, if there's, if there's a question about whether it belongs at work or at home, I'm bringing it into work. So that's freeing up some space. Okay. Is your uh, desk here sort of a microphone? His desk is full, full of papers. Oh, there's it may, a yeah, rubber it, duck on the corner. There's, there's a rubber duck. <laughs> there's there's pictures of me and London Breed and Scott Wiener. <laughs> so would you say floor. this is sort of a microcosm for your apartment? <laughs> um, uh, this might be well, I, and I don't. It doesn't spill out of my bedroom. I mean, I it's it's okay. it's just in my bedroom that it's really bad. But yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm no one to judge if it makes you feel any better. If you had an entire day free, which I know doesn't happen very often, what is your perfect day in San Francisco? Um, well, it, in, it often involves getting out of San Francisco and going across the bay or across the Golden Gate Bridge for a hike in, in Marin. Um, that's a fantastic day. If there's a movie in there, that's also really, really nice. So speaking of movies, yeah. Um, so if someone had the brilliant idea of making a riveting movie about the Board of Supervisors, <laughs> dramatic, um, who would you cast to play you, and who would you cast to play any of your colleagues? I have no idea. <laughs> Start with you. Start with you. Um, me. I mean, how many like bald Jews? <laughs> bald, a bald gay Jew. <laughs> Um, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm not sure that my demographic, I mean, is really, uh, the bald gay Jewish politician. I'm not sure who that person is. I, I can't, I can't either. really think of that person. Okay. We'll let you off the hook. Yeah. This is the last question. What is something other, the other supervisors don't know about you? <laughs> We're getting another dirty look. I mean, I think that peop the other supervisors, I think they're going to learn this. Um, one of my, I think, you know, challenges as an elected official is how um, 
sort of emotional <laughs> and not uh, like not, you know, ranting and raving, but like I get very easily moved by someone. Are you a crier? I'm, I'm, a, I'm not going to like get totally John Boehner on it, but, um, but I can't, I mean, I get choked up. So, um, or like, you know, uh, there was that um, death of the, the guy, the young, rather young guy who died in the mission who uh, Hillary honored at uh, Hillary Ronan supervisor Ronan honored at the last board meeting and the the man's kids were speaking and talking about their dad and I was just like a little bit of waterworks going on I think it's going to be amusing and maybe a little bit disturbing for my colleagues that every time something with like a high emotional level happens, like Mandelman starts like breaking up, which is very, very possible. So supervisor fewer has that reputation as well. So yeah, I mean, it's it's good probably to have some men around who have, who have that to kind of like balance out the the gender (laughs) stereotypes, but great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a lot of fun. All right. This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Our theme music is San Francisco by Gazprom, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. The show is produced by Dominic Fercasa and Fernando Diaz. For more City Hall coverage, you can follow Dominic on Twitter at Dominic Fercasa and me at HNightSF. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com.